my name is Justin. What's up, guys? This is Zach. And you are listening to The Other Film Guys, part two of the spooky Other Film Guys. And we yes, are sir. coming at you with an oldie but a goodie, I would say. Not um, really an oldie. Like, it's 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 sort of recent. Like, it's this century. But we, we're we good 20 years into this century now. Let me put That's it like true. this. I saw this movie that we're going to talk about today. This is one of those movies that my mom had me watch with her. And and I had not seen it since she made me watch it with her. And I had to have been like, God, God, if I had to throw a number out there, I had to have been like eight years old, something like oh, that. Wow. I was a wee, wee child. And I am a still wee child at heart. A wee baby. A wee baby. <laughs> but... I so I watched it for the f- the second time ever yesterday and uh it held up. So without yeah. further ado, the movie that we are discussing today is the 2001 flick The Others starring yes. a one Nicole Kidman. Mr. Zach, how are you today, sir? I am great. I am later today going to be doing some stuff to get ready for my new employment. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Your boy is finally leaving the retail space, but not the customer service space. So you win some, you lose some. I think honestly, just being out of retail is going to be so much better. I feel Facts, like that's dude. just where it where it just like separates, I guess. Um, so I'm excited to be doing that. And um, yeah, I, I watched this movie for the first time last night. And I got to say, I had a I. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I uh, I did not. I honestly had no idea like what to expect whenever I yeah. watched it this second time around, because um, like I said, I have not seen it in many years. So all the only thing I remembered was the twist and uh, that, which we'll that's get all to I remembered. Yeah. So just so you guys know, there is going to be a pretty big spoiler. Yeah, in this episode I, at some point. I think point, it's appropriate so. that we say that at the very beginning. <laughs> Spoiler yes. alert. Um, because it honestly changes how you see the entire movie. Um, so go check it out. Is it is on HBO? So if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out and then come back. It's actually kind of a short movie. It's like an hour and forty five minutes. Yeah, correct. Yep. Yeah, something like that. And uh, yeah, I was I was kind of impressed by also how like how well this movie did. Like it was made for seventeen million and it. The box office it got like two hundred something million. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah, like it did really well. It Jeez, was like received well by critics, and it never. It wasn't even nominated for any of the Oscars either, but it was nominated for some Baftas. Um, it did um, go to the Goya Awards, which is like Spain's National Film Awards. So that's another interesting thing about this is that um, this was um. The first film ever that was English language that received the best film award at the Goyas, which is Spain's like national film awards. It's like basically like their Academy Awards. OK. And it received the best film, which is like best picture for us. And That's it's the first it's the first English language film without a single word of Spanish spoken in it to win that film or to win that, that award. That is very, very interesting. Because it like it is a Spanish film. They just chose to do it English language, I guess, to make it more accessible and like to accommodate Nicole Kidman and the other actors. This is true. 
I wonder, uh, I know the, uh, the director, he is of a, uh, somewhat of a, hold on, let me get this factual yes. before I be Alejandro talking. Alejandro Amenabar. Yes. That is not your typical English last He's, name. Um, Spanish Chilean. Okay. All right. I, I, his I actual name assume. is his actual name is Alejandro Fernando Amenabar Cantos. You said that very well. I applaud you. Thank you, sir. That's very interesting. That uh, that's actually really interesting. I think the movie is pretty good. Um, He's actually won nine Goya awards. Interesting. I've never what heard are some of some other movies he's made. He's made so he had a movie that came out last year called While at War. Um, and then he had a couple other films before this one. Thesis was his first film in 96, Represent. Hmm. Um, and then some other films that I've never heard of, but I might check out because I actually really liked um, this movie, like I said. Um, but yeah. So this was his most successful commercial film? I believe so. This, I, this is the only one that I've heard of, so I would assume so. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's very well done. Um, this does fall into our uh, our subgenre for this week's episode of our spooky series in yes. hauntings, hauntings slash ghosts or apparitions, whatever you want to classify it as. Um, Nicole Kidman is plays this mom. It's set, I believe, in 1945. Yes, and uh, set she in, plays Grace Stewart. Yes, uh, she is. Not like literally imprisoned in this giant house with her two kids, but she may as well be because yeah. her her two children are uh, photosensitive, i.e. they are allergic to sunlight. So yes, which um, the actual condition I looked it up is xeroderma pigmentosum. Pigmentosum. They, yeah, they literally cannot be like the most amount of light they can be around is like candles. Um, yeah. But around sunlight, they will literally like burst into flames. Like well, think of like not burst a traditional, into flames, but <laughs> they'll like blister and pop and shit. Like think of like yeah. how like you've seen like in films, like a vampire being exposed to to sunlight. That's what I thought yeah. of. Like Which, they literally. Yeah, that's just, what I kind of thought at the beginning. is was like, oh, is this going to be like a vampire thing? Did we pick the wrong movie? <laughs> mm -hmm. no, 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 I knew we'd pick the right one since I had seen it. Yeah. Um, but I just really like how, like, this is like sort of like, and I had chosen to do this one because, um, I saw recently that news of a remake had come about. And so, yeah, it is going to be remade, um, in apparently in the present day. So I'm wondering how that's going to work out. Um, but I kind of hope that like if they like when they do remake it, that they use Nicole Kidman again, because I think this was so good. It's so crazy to me because like everything that Nicole Kidman is in is like a career best performance for her. Yeah, no, she goes all out for sure. She's spectacular in this. Yeah. And uh, so what was all excuse me, what was also interesting about this is um, it was also produced by Tom Cruise. I saw that. Yes, I, I forgot. I'm just they were wondering married. when were they married? So they they actually divorced in 2001. So <laughs> that's probably why he produced it because she was in it, and this was like their sort of last last project together. 
The the number one thing I think of whenever I, I'm reminded that they were married together is, I don't know if you've seen them, but they're pictures of Nicole Kidman, like, walking out of, like, I guess her, like, lawyer's office or something. And she's, like, literally got her arms up in the air, like, happy as hell, excited. <laughs> and I believe, I believe it's because she had, like, just finalized her divorce with him. So and I just, like, I wonder what that was like, is being married, being married to Tom Cruise. Like, he's got to be fucking be, crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tom Cruise, a Scientologist. Um, I I think I feel like that'd be funny just to like on like an optic point of view, because yeah. he's like literally like five feet tall. And she <laughs> she is like this. She I don't know how tall she is, but she's pretty tall and definitely taller than yeah. him. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely an interesting arrangement that was. Um, but they both did invest in this movie, a pretty good movie. Um, I want to ask you about, I know you in particular are somewhat picky with your child performances. And now most of this movie is Nicole Kidman, but also her two children. It is pretty heavy on the child performances. And I will say, thumbs up from me. I think they did a pretty good job. Definitely. Like there were some things where I was just like, okay, whatever. But like I gave it more of a pass on this one because like they were doing like for the most part, really good jobs, like with everything. I, yeah, I feel like they all really had strong chemistry with each other. Yeah. Um, the kids with Nicole Kidman and the kids with each other, like his brother and sister, I feel like they played off each other really well, which I think like might be like part of the issue with child actors is they don't Maybe. necessarily play off of their co-stars. They just know like what well, lines that they need to read and, and you, whatnot. Yeah, I feel like that's what they sort of worry about. But you want to know something interesting. This is completely unrelated to this movie. But um, Hereditary, another sort of like paranormal, you know, like kind of like haunting film. Um, I found out while listening to the Karst cast movie cast that Alex Wolf had. Um, oh, wait, no, this this wasn't the Karst cast. This was um, a podcast called um, Carpool Critics which is by the same people who do Linus Tech Tips, if any of you guys watch that stuff. Um, but they uh, were talking about how Alex Wolf and M- Millie Shapiro, who I think, I'm pretty sure, is related to Ben Shapiro. Like, it's... Like, um, so, because if you go to Ben Shapiro... Fuck on, Ben Shapiro. Fuck Ben Shapiro. If you go to his Wikipedia... You can see that his sibling, uh, he has a, um, oh, he's related to Mara, Mara Wilson, too. Interesting. Um, he, his sister, Abigail Shapiro. And the, then if you go to Millie Shapiro, she is also related to Abigail Shapiro. As like siblings? Yes. The younger sister of Abigail Shapiro. But on it's interesting because on both of their pages, none of them have a link to. Well, Abigail doesn't have a Wikipedia, but on Millie's, there's no mention of Ben Shapiro whatsoever. But if you like kind of like connect the dots, I'm assuming that she just wants to be distanced from him as possible. (laughs) Yeah. So on Ben's, there's a link to Abigail. And on Millie's, there's a link to Abigail. Yes. But no links to each other. Very interesting. Yeah. So it's it's kind of funny. Um, anyways, what um what I was getting to is so 
Ariaster had like told, you know, Alex Wolf and Millie Shapiro, hey, you guys are going to go have lunch with each other every day for like a month because I want you guys to get sick of each other. Because like in the in the movie Hereditary, you've seen it. They're like, yeah, I think their chemistry is really good. Like they have a very good like annoyed brother and like wanting to be a lone sister relationship. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you can That's tell, like, especially like in the like attachment, like in the car scene um, and how shaken he is by that. Like, I'm guessing like they just got so close that like he just imagined like, you know, oh, my sister just died because I don't think he has a sister. I, I know that he has Nat Wolf, his brother, and I think he has one more. Um, but I don't know if he has a sister. So I'm guessing he just used that and like they used like a look, something that looked like Millie. And that caused like an emotional reaction because I feel like that scene in particular, like kind of like made the movie for me. I'll never forget that scene. I will never forget the general audience reaction whenever I watched it in the theater. I completely freaked out. So I'd love to talk about Hereditary someday because that movie like is literally the movie that got me like into horror. Like I've said it before, like the first one I watched, I was forced to watch nightmare on elm street when i was like six like literally like my eyes were held open (laughs) and forced towards the screen by my uncle and my aunt and it like traumatized me to the point where like i couldn't watch anything horror because it just reminded me of that and then hereditary came out and i was like okay i'm a big boy now i can do this (laughs) and literally when i left the theater my entire body was in pain and i was like why like why is this like even until the next day? And they're like, well, your adrenaline levels are like through the roof. Yeah, definitely. Like, it just it just like gave me such a huge reaction, like in like physically, not just like mentally, where I was just like scared, like my body was in fight or flight mode. And I think that's that's yes. like the only time before I was six that I had that's like such a reaction to a film where it like genuinely terrified me. And it's like hereditary isn't like. A traditional movie where it's like scary you know but like it's so psychologically haunting i feel like it's one of those movies that does jump scares and like external horror really well along with deep existential dread dreaded horror yeah very well and i feel well. like i feel like this film has a lot of that as well the others i feel like because it's not necessarily like it is like a horror film but it's not scary it's not as heavy as hereditary was no like you no. walked out of hereditary and you were like jesus christ <laughs> yeah but with like, this but one like, yeah like with this one it's just like more of like um like it, it's very psychological and it, it's sort of like putting you like okay so what's actually going on and with the twist that we'll get to i think like it's done very brilliantly and like very fresh original especially for the time that this was made um, obviously, it's been done a lot since the, since uh, then. But yeah, part of me wonders. Uh... Damn it, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm all thinking about because I was I was hung up thinking about the this memory that I have where I had a similar experience like you, where I was like terrified by this this movie. Have you ever seen The Ring? I have. I've, I've seen parts of The Ring. I can't I could never get through it that that's a movie where i uh i again was watching it with my mom and uh 
and spoiler spoiler alert if you haven't seen the ring but it's there's this one scene i'm pretty sure everyone knows like knows like the things of the ring i feel like that's one of the most most, like famous modern horror films i would say so i would say so but it's whenever the like ghost chick lady like crawls out of the tv (laughs) oh like the most iconic part yes like i literally i literally probably the first and only film where i literally tried to like bail out like right right midway through the scene like i had uh she was coming out and literally i was like yeah i think i gotta like go do something like i didn't know what i told my mom i was just like i gotta be anywhere but here right now and like she literally like grabbed my hand and she was like nah sit your ass down bro like watch this and like i literally was i was not with it bro (laughs) so that actually literally just sparked a memory that i like um, I do, I do remember trying to watch another horror film, horror film with my family. You know, I think it was Jeepers Creepers. Oh, that's another one. Yes. Yeah. That and I, rem- I remember being like, I think I was like, I had to have been like 10 or 11 and I was watching it. And like the whole time I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> For listeners, I, I just covered my eyes and had them dead bolted shut even under that. Or like I would just, <laughs> yeah. I would just like. I would just like peek through and be like, <laughs> I remember just my mom being upset. She was like, it's just a movie. It's not real. <laughs> it's real to me. Right. <laughs> that shit was distressing, dude. Oh, OK. I remember what I was going to say now about this movie. Um, OK. This movie, I feel like good horror works well. And Hereditary also kind of falls in under this uh, this this classification. But good horror works very well without the horror like yes. to me to me this movie it if you take all the horror elements out of it it's a really good family drama yeah definitely but the horror just elevates that and that i think which, that um, that drama's at the heart of it you know what i mean which li- i think is like it's the same for hereditary where arias or literally said like he wrote a family drama and then he added the horror bits later i feel like they kind of did that with this one as well yeah, I, I, I wonder if there was some inspiration from this movie to her, Hereditary, at least maybe subconsciously. Like thema- um, like sort of like thematically and stylistically. Yeah, sort of, definitely. Yeah. No, I, I see that definitely. Granted, this movie, like I said, is much more uh, uh, tame than Hereditary is. It's yes. not graphic at all, really. No, because um, Ari Aster is a weird fucking guy and I love he, him. He do be pretty weird. Um, and yeah, this movie's pretty tame. Um it's creepy but you know not like in your face creepy uh, there aren't mm-hmm. a lot of like jump scares really but i will say like there was a jump one. scare that got me pretty good I, I think i know the one you're talking about is it is it the one when the the kids are in the closet no they're uh the one that i'm thinking of was um Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Where like the blind lady, like she opens yeah. the the doors and it's got that super quick ass like zoom in on her, and then it yeah. cuts to Nicole Kidman. Yeah, that one's pretty spooky. Um, but the one that got me was uh, what's it called? When Nicole Kidman is in, I guess it's the attic or something, and like there's they got like these drapes on all this like furniture and stuff, and uh, she can hear like the 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 quote unquote ghosts. Mm -hmm. uh speaking or whatever and like all of a sudden like out of nowhere there's this really like loud moan groan or whatever and just like that suddenness of it that that really spooked me and then she starts tearing all the 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 drapes off the stuff and obviously nothing's there but um the jump scares that it does have i feel like are 
placed very, very well. And they're done in like very smart, intelligent ways where they're not cheap at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like where horror just gets like drawn out for me is like when they're just like relying on jump scares to scare you. Like the only reason that jump scares are scary is because it's so sudden. Like there's yeah, nothing right. really scary to them. You're just getting like, surprised. Yeah, exactly. But in like films <laughs> like these, like they rely on like the general just ambiance and the tone to Fact. to scare you, which is like what you said. That's what makes like true horror to me. Big facts. Yeah, no, that's um, yeah, there's nothing cheap about this movie. Um, and I, I even found myself being somewhat like emotional watching this movie as well mm-hmm. um, because of the family drama. Like, I mean, good horror will do that to you as well. Re- work the, the proper emotions, not just like, you know, fear and dread, but like, especially the way they come together towards the end. Um, yeah, it definitely was tugging my heartstrings. So yeah. I, and I didn't expect it to have that, that, that power over me because I mean, I don't remember it doing that to me when I first watched it. Granted, I was a, I was a wee child and I was probably a like, wee Mom, why you, why you show me this shit, bro? And <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm watching it yesterday. I literally had to text my mom after I watched it. And I was like, yo, this shit was actually really good. Like, yeah, thanks for showing me this, <laughs> you know? And it's, it's kind of interesting because there are a few like references to this, like in pop culture, like, um, the Simpsons annual, you know, Treehouse of Horror XXV yeah. had a spoof of this film. Um, Scary Movie 3 had some parodies of some scenes from this film, um, particularly the very famous I Am Your Daughter sequence. Um, which I got to say that that was um, that was pretty spooky. That was one where I was like, OK, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, this movie is not it. it it's not cheap at all, like we said, and I feel like some people it might not be like their flavor of horror because it's yeah. not, you know, this big in your face thing, but it's yeah. definitely got some moments that will get under your skin. And I feel like, you know, like a lot of the criticism that I've seen from this movie is just like, oh, it's just so predictable. I knew everything that was going to happen. It's like that's kind of what the filmmakers want, though. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not like sort of like anticipating it. And like they're not answering those questions, then I f- like what kind of fulfillment would you get from that? You know, it's, they found it to be a part of me wonders if they found it to be predictable because they had seen what very similar influ- things. Yeah, like the influence that this movie had, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of yeah. movies that they've seen probably were stemmed from this movie. So, of course, they exactly. find it to be predictable because they've so seen you, what this movie done already. Yeah. So you have to like just like watch it. You have to. It's very difficult, but you have to like sort of like change your perspective when you're watching older movies. Like, I feel like that was a problem that I had when we were watch when we uh, watched Night of the Living Dead. Like, you know, I've been so spoiled watching so many things with zombies in it that like watching this, I was like, oh, this is just fucking stupid, you know? That's why what I've been lately, what I've been doing is whenever I I watch a movie, I see what year it was made. I just go real quick, just go to to Wikipedia and I type in the year and I just get I just look at all the notable events that happened that year just so I can Mm -hmm. like try and like put myself in that temporal perspective. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think like this one, like I, I, I feel like see like. Sometimes I'm I'm like, you know, like the living dead where I'm just watching it to watch it and I don't think about, you know, the the different time. But for this one I was like, okay, so this was 2001. Horror was just like 
really starting to like get on its peak sort of i feel like um and hop into more of like the mainstream like horror has always been popular of course like especially like in the 80s and the 90s um mm. but like 2000s horror i feel like is really good as well um and i feel like this is a very good entry to that and so just like thinking about like what ghost movies were and like what this was sort of doing um i feel like it helped a lot Let's see. I'm looking at popular 2000s horror movies. The Grudge was a movie that came out in 2004. That I've never seen that one, but that movie always seemed pretty spooky. Um, let me see. Because when I think of horror, I tend to think horror it kind of coincides with the general uh uh what do you call it? The general state of of society. So like the more like fucked up and shitty society is, I feel like the better horror movies are going to be. Hence why I feel like this generation of horror that's been coming out lately, I feel like horror is really like elevating its game to a to new heights. Yeah, it's like really peaking. And I also feel the same way about horror that was made, let's say, 40, 50 years ago in the 70s, back when, you know, you had things like the Vietnam War, really polarizing times. So yeah. I, I feel, I mean, don't get me wrong, each decade's going to have its good, its good films, its good horror movies. But I feel like, I, and I feel like this one stands out because I can't think of any notable horror movies. Like, just, just list a couple more. Like, The Strangers is a movie that came out in 2008. I like that one a lot. Um, 1408 is another one, 2007. That one was a good one. Um, and a lot of these movies, they're like towards the the, la the la latter stages of that decade as well. So especially something that's early 2000s, I feel like this definitely was a, uh, a standout in that regard. Yeah. So, so let's get on to like what this movie like was. So like, in my opinion, like this was just sort of like a very fresh take on the haunting subgenre of horror so um, we'll talk about the twist a little bit. So why don't you take it away? Yeah. So one more time, just spoiler alert. Um, yeah, just go watch it. Come right back. Your last chance. Because like Zach said at the top, it does change the entire way you watch the movie, which I did have the uh, the ability to having that perspective, being able to watch it this time around. And I like I know what to look for. Like yeah. it, it is pretty. There are some shots where you're like, I can't wait to watch I this the second time. Yeah. Yeah. Like you literally, like I said, like there are some shots where you see it and you're like, OK, yeah, I see that. Um, but the big plot twist of the movie is that, of course, this family, this family, Nicole Kibben and her children are dead. They are the ones that are haunting, doing the actual haunting of this, this household. Unknowingly, though, like Unknowingly, they don't know yes. that they're dead. They do not. And the reason that they are dead is because uh, Nicole Kid Kidman killed her two children and uh, she her character. She uh, after and after killing her two children, she turned around and killed herself with the same shotgun rifle that she uses to kind of defend the household from the from the ghosts that she thinks are haunting her. There's kind of like a bit of inception in there. Yeah. Um, because like they, the ghosts are being haunted by other ghosts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like like we said, they don't know they're that they're doing the haunting. They don't know that they're ghosts. But uh, at the beginning of the movie, they take in these uh, 
these three people, um, a girl that's mute, an older guy and uh, an older woman. And they're kind of like the uh, the not the, the help sounds like a, a rude way to say it, but they they take care of the house, you know, and yeah. uh, it's revealed groundskeepers that, groundskeepers. There you go. And it's revealed that they're dead. But they know they're dead. Like, they know yeah. they're ghosts. They've realized it. Yeah, and they even know that Nicole Kidman and her family are ghosts. And I think that they're trying to, like, help them understand that without, like, telling them directly. Um, and uh, you re- you find out towards the end that uh, there's a, I guess, like an exorcism or a seance being done. Yeah. And, like, Nicole Kidman walks in on that and then she realizes that, like, the seance is being done. For her family. Yeah. And she's like, we did what? What? And (laughs) it's a twist that's done really well, in my opinion, because like if you're watching it the first time, you're like, wow, what is this? The what are these groundskeeper people up to? Like, it seems like they're something like really diabolical. Yeah. It's like like they were like, well, the kids are going to be easy to convince, but her, she's going to be a problem. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, God, what are they planning? But turns out they were just trying to help them the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. Like, it just sounds so, like, like sinister. And you're like, wow, are they going to, like, kidnap these people or yeah. or what? And oh, one thing kind of off topic that I wanted to say, off topic of what we're talking about now, but still on topic with the movie. This movie feels like it was, like, kind of old, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like the way it just looks, like, it, I, I felt like it was, like, sort of like um, like a 70s horror film yeah um, i can see that with the texture of the movie as well yeah. and kind of like the sound design as well with how like old and creaky everything sounded like yeah i can definitely see that and i feel like that kind of lended a hand like that was one of the first things i noticed and i was like like immediately i kind of like liked it a lot for that yeah facts facts and uh god how fucking tedious is it to literally have to lock every door behind you right and then to you like she's got like 15 so to save her children from being destroyed by the sun they before they can go into a room she has to go into the room and close all the curtains and then she locks the door behind them and then if they want to go to another room she has to go and unlock that door let them in lock the door behind her and it's like this like constant cycle of like fumbling with keys she has like 15 different sets of keys and 50 rooms for 50 fucking rooms. Yes, that is a whole other level of tedium. And that is dedication right there. But I digress. <laughs> yes. The the twist, it's kind of like a twist within a twist. Because the first twist is finding out that those groundskeepers are dead. And you're like, oh, wow, what the heck? So, like, I feel like that is its own, that twist is its own sense of misdirection right there. Because you're like, wow, like wow, we thought they were alive this whole time and they're actually dead. What are they going to do? Are they going to kill them? And then the really big twist, the one that really matters, you find out that Nicole Kidman's family is actually dead. Yeah. So being able to like layer that on top of each other, I feel like that makes this movie pretty dope. And I love when just when like films like take like a very like common thing and just like turn it on heels. Like what ghost films do you see from the perspective of the ghosts you know yeah right right that's tough because i'm sure it's been done and to like be in there well yeah but like i can't think of anything notable Uh it's just like i love when something will just like change the perspective 
of the film. Like, um, I'm thinking of like, you know, the invisible man, like how that's like probably one of my favorite adaptations just because, you know, it takes a very classic film that like, and a story that like a lot of people are very familiar with and does like, okay, so this horror film is from the perspective of the victim instead. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Right. Instead of like the classic story where it's like about the invisible man. Um, Yeah. And so I just, I just love when like films like will, will take something that is like sort of well-known or like sort of like tropey, like the, like the horror films, you know, big manor and it's being haunted by the old hosts of the, of the house Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like completely turn it on its heels. And yeah, and it's the signs that they are dead are they're like scattered throughout the entire movie. Um, number one being that fog that is constantly surrounding the manor, yeah. um, how it like never seems to go away. And because uh, they're trapped in the house, so they can't see any further. Yeah, exactly. And how like Nicole Kidman's character even mentions like they she doesn't even hear like crickets or like the birds or anything anymore. Like, yep. she says that she literally feels cut off from the world. And there's this great shot where like she goes up to the gate of her manor and like it literally like looks like she's like behind bars and she's in oh, prison. Oh, my God. And how she said like how the mailman usually comes on Tuesdays, but he hasn't come in, in a while. Yeah, exactly. Yes, dude. Oh, my like, God. It's sprinkled throughout the entire movie. And I, one of the more tragic. And how the, and how the priest hasn't come by yes yeah like it's literally there and like one of the more tragic turns of the movie and the root cause i feel like of this 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 disruption within this family is like we said it was set in 1945 it's set in a town village whatever however whatever the proper term is in um jersey yes jersey which is i looked it up it's somewhere set in between england and france yeah, and, it's on like uh, the um, crap. What is it? Uh, it's a uh, it's near the coast of Normandy. I think it's an island. Well, yeah, which they which they talked about, um, you know, the invasion in World War Two. Yes. So th- so that's something that's like super relevant to them because the invasion like they're literally ones being like mostly affected by it. Like she even says yeah. that the Germans would literally like cut her electric cut their electricity off and so they just learned to live without it and uh which the reason their electricity got cut off is because they were dead yeah (laughs) and uh yeah exactly and the main source of this family's grief is the husband he uh he goes off to fight in said war and and uh Whenever Nicole Kidman finally is like, man, like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go out and get the priest. And she walks out into the fog and like her husband hasn't been back for like years. And like, I think they just she's kind of like she doesn't want to admit that he died. I think she they're just that whole family's just kind of kind of holding on to the hope that he'll come back someday. I think she realized I, the reason that I think that she went mad is because she realized that he died in the war and then he wasn't ever going to come back. And that's why she was just like fucking lost it. And, yeah. you know, as one does when they when they lose their minds, they kill their kids and then themselves, you know, classic <laughs> murder suicide. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> it's a lot Quite more a common than if you I think. Had, if I had a nickel. If I- <laughs> yeah. And uh so she goes out in this fog and uh, out of this fog comes her husband. So she's Christopher like Christopher Eccleston. 
Yeah, so she's like, the doctor oh my God. himself. Wow, like you're back. We're everything's gonna go back <laughs> to normal. Yeah. And uh of course it it doesn't. Um mainly because like he he himself is also dead. Um, but a big thing that I took from his performance in the movie, he's not in it for very long. No, um, like maybe like five, ten minutes. Something like that. Um he's very like lethargic, low energy, and even the the older housekeeper lady she says that he doesn't think that she doesn't think that he even knows where he is no. and uh kind of and I, that kind of gave me the impression that he was just like this like lost wandering spirit in this fog and he just happened to stumble back to where to where he came from yeah and in whenever he's in the house he just kind of you know there are themes of post-traumatic stress syndrome where he just kind of is laid up in his bed and doesn't really do anything can't communicate with anybody um and you know, again, doesn't really know where he is. Um, that to me is one of the more tragic parts of the movie, especially whenever he tells her that he's got to leave again. And she's like, where are you going? And he's like, to the front. The war's already over, though. So that's another clue in itself right there that he himself is also dead because he thinks he still he still has to go fight. Yeah. And, and then he we don't see him leave. He just kind of like one one frame he's there. Next frame, it's morning and he's gone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's that to me is that's at the heart of this family's grief. And it's also one of the more just one of the more sad, more tragic moments of the movie. And it really connected with me. I wonder why at the beginning of the film, Nicole Kidman wakes up screaming. Yeah, that may that's a good point. Maybe. uh what I'm thinking of is maybe that's when she she kind of woke up from killing her her children and like maybe it was like a nightmare to her because I remember towards the end she's describing like that moment to her kids where like she didn't realize what she was doing she just had the pillow over them and then she killed herself and then like she said that she just kind of like woke up and then she could hear the kids playing in in their room and then she was like, oh, OK, maybe that was just a dream. I have to go back okay, and watch so the maybe, film. Yeah. I have to go back and watch the film and see if you can hear the kids playing in that first in that first frame, because that to me yeah. would make the most sense. And then um, one of the subtle things that I liked in this is uh, sort of like hinting towards Nicole Kidman's death is um, her constant migraines. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. She shot herself in the head. Yeah. Damn, bro. See, like, I'm so glad that I had already seen this. Because don't yeah. get me wrong, like I'm, I'm, I'm sure, like what, what for you, someone that watched it for the first time, did, what, did you find it predictable? What did the twist do for you? You know what I mean? What impact I mean, like, did it have on you? I feel like the only, t- the only thing that I, um, sort of like hinted towards it was because I was watching this with Scarlett. She was like, "This is probably gonna be some like Sixth Sense shit," and I haven't See, seen I Sixth Sense, but a, I, know, I, but I know that it ends with Bruce Willis being dead. Spoiler alert. The Lonely Island spoiled it for me. What year did that movie come out? Ninety nine. Okay, so that was before, uh, before this movie. Very interesting. Um, okay. So like, but like genuinely, like the twist, like even though I kind of saw it coming, still like affected me. Like I was, I was, I was like, like when that happened, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. But I also because like Scarlett and I had very inverse reactions. Like she was like, yep, of course they're dead. And I was like, <laughs> of course they're dead. <laughs> she seemed pretty uh, unimpressed by it. Yeah. <laughs> like she um, 
like when I finished, I was like, so how'd you, how'd you think? He was like, ah, and I was like, I think this was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty good too. Damn. I'm sorry, Scarlett. <laughs> but I'm also glad you liked it as well, because I was I was very curious as to what you would think about it. Since yeah, it's no, not I, like... I really liked the twist. And I was like, like, I thought that the, you know, like the big twist was the servants being dead. And right. Then, yeah. And then it goes even further. You know, I like the 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 best twist is the twist on the twist. Yeah. And you think audiences, I'm sure, tend to think like you get hit with that first twist and you're like, oh, OK, so that's it right there. Like you think, OK, the rest of the movie will just play out the way it does. And then to get hit with an even bigger twist like that, like I said, that first twist to me is just a big old wrench thrown in the mix to get you looking one way and think you've got it figured out. And then just when you think you have it figured out wrong, you know, you're you're five roads off. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I feel like this. Uh, I, I really like the twist. And I think before it became possibly overdone and before it became more or less a trope, I think it does it really well. It laid the groundwork very, very well for for uh, horror movies to come. Yes. So let's get into final opinions or did you have anything else to say? Uh, no, let's do it. All right. So I gave this a four out of five. Like I said, I like this a lot. I think it did a pretty good job of keeping you entertained the whole time and still wondering you know what's going to happen and then even when that twist hits it's like that i I think it was pretty well executed myself um i I just like i said like i like when you know expectations are subverted with these kinds of things and when you take a familiar concept and flip it upside down you know from the victim's side or you know i guess this is kind of technically from the victim's side but um they just don't know that they were victims of their own mother and death. Yeah. And and it's even also just to kind of like pour more on top of it. Whenever the older housekeeper lady is like, like, yeah, sometimes like dead people, they don't know they're dead. And yeah. like how like the living and the dead often mix with each other and they just don't know it. Um, like they're literally telling you what the movie is and you don't even know it. <laughs> yeah. Which I I really like that. Like, yeah. But yeah. What do you what do you think of this? So I have not officially rated it yet because I I want to put out my rating the day this episode drops. That way I can put the link to the episode and be like, hey, if you want to listen to more of what I have to think about it, then click the link. But what I will rate it is I will rate it a four out of five as well, okay. because this movie is a like I said, a family drama at heart. The horror only elevates that. It's very the jump scares are not cheap at all. It's very well executed and it's a very emotionally profound movie as well. Um, it really connected with me emotionally. So I, I don't know what more you can ask for from a horror movie. One that will creep you out, one that will will affect you emotionally and one that will keep you invested throughout the entire movie, because I didn't really find myself to be like bored or anything throughout if if at all definitely not through long stretches of the movie so i i really like this a lot i'm really glad it held up very well for me even after all these years so definitely good i don't know what i'm always suspect of remakes especially of good classic movies like i don't know who is like asking for this or, or what 
Um, and I think it will have a the remake will have a tall task in exactly. in doing this movie, especially since we've already seen that twist of, you know, the perspective of the haunt, the haunters, however you want to say it, the the ghost doing the haunting, especially since like, you know, we've audiences have seen that that have seen that trick. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know I if it'll have that think- same effect. I genuinely think that maybe they'll be able to do that because there aren't a lot of people that have seen this film. Like it was sort of popular when it came out, but I don't know that many people who have seen this. Um, And so I feel like the biggest task they're going to have is finding people who can convey the same levels of performances. Yeah. And especially like if it's in like a current day setting, like I can kind of see like isolation is a theme that I've been noticing with a lot of horror movies uh, coming out. Um, isolation and paranoia and those those uh, themes seem to correlate with this movie as well maybe if you put it in like a like rural setting then i can definitely see that maybe um but i don't know i'm always like i said i'm always suspect of remakes um i do love to be proven wrong because i'm a dum-dum and i don't know everything (laughs) and i will admit to that so you know I, i i will watch it if it's put out there um, but yeah, I mean, just, I will say four just think four of, of like how popular like a remake could be like, you know, like we haven't seen um, the original version of The Departed, but everybody's seen The Departed. That's true. Yeah. No, not a lot of people have seen Infernal Affairs. Right. Right. That's what it's that's called. a movie. That's a movie I want to watch. But you're right. No. Yeah. Many more. A lot more people have seen Scorsese's The Departed. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe like a powerful director will come along. Maybe. Oh, what if Ari Aster did it? I don't know. Whatever. Um, I don't think it's his kind of flick, but what if? I don't think what so. If, but what if, Justin? Nah, he's got to make that nightmare comedy or whatever he said that he wants to do. He does, yeah, he does want to make a comedy and I would love to see it because I think uh, his movies do have like a lot of comedy in them. Like Hereditary funny. is mostly like in the in the beginning and then Midsummer. I feel like, is kind of throughout. Yeah, no, that, his movies, they, they can be funny. I feel like a full-blown comedy from Ari Aster would be really cringe, but like in like a like a good way. Like, yeah, he, he'd make you like uncomfortable, like, uh, God. Well, I mean, just look at the um, his short film, The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. Have you seen that? I've not. No, you kind of got to got to search it out. I think it's on YouTube and that thing is fucked up. <laughs> is it a, is it a comedy? Sort of like it's just it's an absurd comedy and it's just like very uncomfortable and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it off, off mic, but um, okay. it, when you watch it and you find out it's by Ari Aster, you're like, okay, that makes a whole bunch of sense. <laughs> okay. And you kind of, you kind of got to wonder like, what is his therapist hearing from him? <laughs> I love it. A lot of horror filmmakers, you got to be like, man, I know they therapist got their work cut out for them. <laughs> <laughs> But um, all right, so let's get into bad reviews. So we go on Letterboxd and look by the lowest reviewed ratings. So this first one is from Letterboxd user Holly. Holly gives it a half star and she says, I'm giving this half a star because it traumatized me. I watched it when I was very little and bitch. And then a bunch (laughs) of exclamations. I feel that, especially the the extended bitch. Let's see. And then, okay, this is and this is my second one from Letterboxd user Mark. The real twist of the others is that an entire crew of sane adults actually thought it was clever. 
Because it is. I thought it was clever. Why are you hating, bro? Why you got to be a hater, Bran? Danny is a one-star one review. Danny says, I hated this, but would watch a remake directed by Tani Wusso. Tommy <laughs> <laughs> Wusso actually be doing that work. Like, I feel like he's got a few, few, few movies out there other than just The Room. Yeah, no, he. I know he did like sort of like a spiritual sequel with him and um, what's his face from the room? Yeah, um, his uh, like partner in crime, his uh, yeah. his friend. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Mark. Dave Franco. <laughs> Dave Franco. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Michael, this is one I, I genuinely disagree with. He says, uh, one star, he says, I'm confused how this movie has so many good reviews. It legitimately fucking sucks. One star for Nicole Kidman. You can diss whatever you want about the movie, but you cannot diss Nicole Kidman's performance because she. No, I, th- I think I think what he was saying was he's only giving it one star because of Nicole Kidman. Oh, OK. So she's the saving grace of the movie. I mean, he still give it a one star, so I don't know if she's saving much. I mean, he's still fucking wrong. Facts. Agreed. <laughs> And then for my positive review, this one is from Letterbox user Scoobert Do. And they say first plot twist happens. Me. I totally called it second plot twist. Roundhound kicks me in the back of the head. <laughs> Shut it, nerd. <laughs> that is so accurate. Yes, that's exactly what I was trying to convey earlier, but I feel like he did it so much better than I ever could have. <laughs> All right, let's see. Valeria, five stars, says this is Nicole Kidman's world and we're all just living in it. Facts. Could not agree more. No printer, straight facts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. And then moving on to what we've been watching in between episodes. So I got a few movies in and by a few, I mean literally a few, three movies. Nice. I checked out the movie It Follows by... um david robert mitchell and i liked that i gave it a three and a half out of five on letterbox and um i don't know it was it was pretty entertaining um doing something interesting as well with um with horror and it's sort of like one of those things that they never really resolve but it does have like a sort of like a um satisfied ending um yeah i I liked it that's one of those like slow burn, creepy horror movies. I really like yeah. it follows. I think it's really good. And then I also watched for the first time, I watched Borat cultural learnings of America for make benefit glorious nation of Kazakhstan, because I also wanted to watch Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. What did and you I gotta think? say? I'm so scared those to watch those are movies. fucking hilarious. Are they? Dude, I'm so no, scared of the dude, cringe. You, I, it's so cringy, but I think you would love it. Oh my god, I don't know. You got to, you got to watch them with us. Like the first one is only gonna be on is only gonna be on Amazon Prime for like a few more days. <clears throat> really? Yeah. So I feel like you gotta you, you gotta check that out, and then you gotta watch the second one. I watched them both in the same day. They're pretty short. Like they're like an hour and a half each. I think. I think. Um. So I watched it just in like a day and I, I loved it. I think they were I think they're pretty fun. The second uh, one, I feel like loses a bit of quality, but I feel like you might like the second one more. Man, embarrassment is something that like 
is not not hard for me to get behind on movies, but like I can feel the embarrassment like flooding to my face. Yeah. And like I'm like, oh, my God, make it stop. No, definitely. Uh, you're going to like you're going to feel that. But like it's just like you're like, oh, God, make it stop. But you can't take your eyes away. and You can't like divert your attention. Speaking of Borat, I saw this video today uh, about the first Borat where uh, I guess he like did some filming in this like Romanian village. And he told the people that like I'm making a documentary documentary on uh on just like village life and like how hard it is and like he totally like misrepresented uh the villagers and they were like yeah. really fucking pissed about it like they <laughs> had like this like party to uh like watch the the debut of borat and then they very quickly saw what it was and they were like okay what the fuck and well, that's, uh, that's like kind of like the point like i get like why he did that to make it feel like it was something completely different um it's actually kind of funny also because on top of that uh kazakhstan is using borat for tourism ads right now even though most kazakh americans like condemn the two movies for uh-huh. their representation but it's yeah. not meant to be like a representation of actual of actual kazakhstan like that's the thing yeah i mean i feel that you and i know that but i'm sure like for people that live in these small villages they're like oh god now the whole fucking world thinks we're just these fucking idiots you know what yeah. i'm saying like i'll i'll get behind making exposing rudy giuliani's creepies at creepy ass i'll get behind that because fuck that motherfucker <sighs> that, that part of the film is like a fucking horror film i'm telling oh, you oh my god dude like i can get behind exposing his bitch ass but I just feel bad for the, uh, you know, the uh, it exposes the so many other groups as well. Um, the first one, not so much, but the second one is like pretty much all about exposing like fucking racist ass people. Yeah, I can get behind exposing racists because they all need to be exposed. I just feel bad yeah. for the villagers. Racists and just terrible people and fucking pedophiles and shit. And yeah, fuck Giuliani. That's that's what I love Borat for is like that sort of thing i will say he do be risking his life though for his shit yeah like those are like dangerous situations that he's putting himself in yeah like there's moments in this in like when i was watching the first one i was like it's a fucking miracle that he made it out alive yes yeah yeah for real though Mm -mm. but yeah all right so what did you watch in between episodes i watched two movies this time around um let's see I was in the middle of watching a third one. I didn't get around to finishing it, but it was a movie I'd already seen. Um, so I the- see. I I was in the middle of watching a new one as well. I was I was gonna watch the um, Sofia Coppola's new movie on the rocks, but uh, let me tell you, that thing is fucking boring. Oh my god, really? Is it on Apple TV? Yeah. Okay, that's why I haven't seen it because I don't have. Apple I think TV. I'm. Go- I think I'm gonna finish it, but goddamn. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. I like Rashida Jones and I like Bill Murray. Um, yeah, I do. See, I do too. But just like I don't know. I'm. I'm. I guess I'm just gonna have to like power through it one of these days. So at least to log it on Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so out of respect the, for Sophia. But yeah, exactly. So the two movies that I had that I did see is uh, I watched Overlord. Okay. And that movie, I forgot to change it. I originally rated it three stars but i think i'm gonna put it to two and a half okay because that movie that movie seems like it does not know what it wants to be it doesn't know if it wants to be 
a horror movie or a war science fiction drama ish. Gotcha. Um, and like the horror that is in it is like not really like that impressive. And I like I said, it just doesn't really seem like it knows what type of movie it wants to be. So in not knowing what it wants to be, it fails to be either. And it fails to be good, in my opinion. So Overlord was pretty disappointing. I expected more. And I that is what I get for having expectations. <laughs> and gotcha. the other movie that I did see, I watched a Hitchcock movie, one of his like earlier, earlier movies called The 39 Steps came okay. out in 1935. Um, it was good. Um, again, it's one of those movies where you have to like try and like have temporal perspective when you watch it. Um, I, I I thought it was good. It, I it's hard for me to like put to have more words than that. Uh, yeah, but just I mean, like the thing with Hitchcock is that just like I feel like his main characteristics are just like his general like knowledge of like filmmaking techniques and like knowing where to put a camera. Mm-hmm. and um how influential that was to like people like spielberg and stuff like that yeah but yeah. i feel like most of his movies don't really have anything to them i i haven't <clears throat> the only hitchcock movies that i have seen i've seen the birds long long time ago i've seen psycho i i like psycho i think psycho's good um and i've seen this one like i feel like there's one more i've seen but i can't i haven't seen enough to be able to make that type of decision on it um but I mean, this one, I can definitely see it being like a product of its time. Like there, like uh, espionage is a big part of it. Um, it was like I said, it was in 1935. So, you know, that was a big thing going on. Um, and it, it's it's uh, yeah, product of its okay. time. Yep. And the other movie that I didn't finish, but it w- is one that I have already seen. So I'm, I'm not like really tripping that hard is the 1953 film, I want to say. Uh, Roman Holiday, starring Audrey Hepburn and introducing Gregory Peck. Um, I think that is a fun little film. I have not seen it since I took a film film appreciation class uh, a few years ago. Um, I liked it then, and I think I was liking it more now as I was watching it. But I was watching it late at night, and my body like shuts down around like midnight, so I couldn't <laughs> finish it. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how people can stay up to like two, three in the morning. Like those days are long behind me. I'm out like a light around like midnight. Same bro. Like it's like around midnight where I'm just like, I can't fucking do this. (laughs) Literally. I'm like, I gotta be up in the morning, dude. (laughs) Like I'm not trying to walk around with three hours of sleep. Yeah. Like even like when I was in college, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to pull an all nighter. And like around like 1130, I'm like, I can't fucking do that shit. (laughs) Yeah. That's good enough. Good night. Like, so, yeah, I mean, I'll finish my mentality, the rest in the morning. Exactly. Like, my mentality is like, if I ain't got it done by 12, then I just ain't got it done, fam. Yep. But that's I was all never like a, I was never really a person who did all-nighters. I was just like, okay, I got to, I'm probably going to have to do all-nighters in college because that's all that college movies ever talk about. But Hell no, nah. I, I value my sleep way too much for that. Yep. Like, I literally, that's what I have to say. Like, if you're it. going to college soon or like are in college, value your sleep more that's gonna benefit you more in the long run (laughs) take care of yourself number one and number two grades you you can grades you can fix 
Yes, exactly. But you only got yeah. one body. You do only have one body. Your body is a temple. Take care of it. Yep. But that's all I got. And so that means that it is time to end this episode and announce our final film for our spooky series. And it's the subgenre of slashers. And we're going to be doing the sort of classic, very well known, but I feel like not talked about much film scream, which I have never seen, but have been recommended relentlessly by nice. just general friends and people in, you know, the people who know their shit. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, so I'm excited to see it. Like I've gone my whole life without seeing it. So we'll see. Scream is another one before we depart. Scream is another one of those movies where like I was a wee wee child, even weeer than when I watched the others uh, where I remember being at my grandparents house and my mother was watching Scream. And there's a there's a part in the movie where like the the killer with his mask comes out, that creepy ass mask. Ghostface. Like, like, yeah, Ghostface. He does this like jump scare. And like I literally like bolted from the den and ran out of the room because I was just so creeped out. I had to have been like three or four years old. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about that movie. All right. Well, so make sure you guys watch that. Let me check what's what is available on. Uh, I don't think it's a streaming anywhere. Yeah, so it's not streaming anywhere. So, but if you've you've you know if you've seen it, you might be good. I don't know. I can't say, but you can always try and give it a rewatch. I'll be probably renting it and checking it out. So, I mean, obviously, I I have to. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> no, let's do a discussion where we talk about the movie, but we haven't watched the movie. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like a five minute episode. <laughs> be like a preview. Um, <laughs> so that is it for this week guys so make sure you give us a five star review on itunes let other people find our show and just tell us you know if there's any ways that we can improve um but you can also contact us on social media at other film guys justin how can the people spook you people can spook me at Rocketman three just replace that o with a zero you guys can spook me at Living Mediocre. And that is it. So, guys, be safe going out there this weekend. It is going to, by the time this episode drops, it will be Halloween tomorrow. I don't know if trick or treating is going to be a thing this year. I'm Fuck assuming no. that it will be because Americans are fucking stupid. Um, so, Stay be inside, safe. Bro. Wear a mask. At least just at least pick a costume with a mask if you're going to go out, you know? <laughs> yeah, bare minimum, dude. Be a doctor or some shit. <laughs> and and uh, go out and vote. This, election is, God this vote. election is Tuesday. I'm pretty sure that early voting is going to be done in most places. So try and get through those polls as safe, safely as possible. And uh, this be yep. the last episode before we uh, before the election results come in. So, well, not with how much early voting and mail-in voting there's going to be. They've said that we might not even know who wins until like a week after. So it's all it's, it's all just going to depend. And uh, if if uh, Cheeto in chief does decide that he doesn't want to lose, we'll see what happens there and uh, what that's going to do to this country. So anyways, all that's to say, we'll please see you guys next week. And uh Maybe we'll have a little sidebar discussion on that. 
Yeah. All right. You guys be safe. Black Lives Matter. Wear a mask. Stay inside. Goodbye. Peace out.